Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. He's a very excitable guy. Sometimes, you know, he gets off the reservation a little bit. Judd Zolgad. He's like 200 years old. He's like the most negative dude in the world. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Lou and Annie. Second period. period. All right, Lou. Uh, Judd, the floor is yours to explain to Lou and Annie why you hated the Wilds' win over the Blackhawks last night. I I did not hate the win, Louie. (laughs) I did not hate the win. Here's my problem. The first period... When the you're playing a division rival, you're playing a team that you're competing uh, intensely for a playoff spot with, and Boudreaux had to go in after the first period and dress them down, disappoints me quite a bit because I watched that entire game, and in the first period, they were admittedly awful, didn't have the puck, and I was very disappointed that it took Boudreaux having to dress them down to get them to come back and then play two good periods. Well, I don't know if that uh, took him coming in to say that to do that. Sometimes, you know, you for whatever reason you come out, you're flat. You, you your legs just don't seem to be there. Whether it's because he had that other game against Calgary, and uh, it's tough to say. But uh, they're not the only team that happens to. It happens a lot. It's happened many times that I've seen over my career, where for some unknown reason, for one period, you just you just can't get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. But uh, the good part is that they rebounded, came back, and played a, a, a tremendous game in the second and third period. Uh, the, the best between periods um, uh, lecture and or coach being upset that you saw during the course of your playing career was who, Ren Blair? Oh, yeah. I, you know, you saw some of the beauties. Uh, no one ever, ever did what he did. You know, in the old days, and I don't know why we did it, but the guys that come in between periods would be tired, so they lie on the floor with their feet up on the benches. Yeah, and and just that's somebody must have told them, told us years ago that this is the way, you know, you relax and it gets you your legs better, whatever. So here we are, we're all lying on the floor with our legs up the benches. I turned to my left and I looked, and here's Ren Blair with lying on the floor with his feet up on the benches <laughs> in the sport coat. I mean, he, he, when he walked out of the room, I think the room was uh, it just burst into laughter. Everybody just had to say what was going on. That was better than any speech. It was just crazy. Was he mocking? He was mocking you guys? No, no. He just thought that that's what he, and he had a wet towel over his head. Oh. I mean, it just He was amazing. serious. <laughs> but, but the best happened was in Pittsburgh because uh, we had two rooms there, and it was the end of the second period, and we were getting out played badly that that period we were down by about two three goals so he came in and started screaming and yelling like he normally does and was going 
just ranting and raving, and then he walks into the back room, into the other room. So we don't hear anything, and, and then we just sit there and wait. A couple of minutes goes by, and a buzzer goes, wait. Another buzzer goes, and wait. And the third buzzer goes, you better get in the ice or you're going to delay the game. So we all go out. We we go on the ice, and, of course, there's a policeman by the door, and he put the lock on the door. So we get to the bench, there's no Ren Blair. So Caesar was the backup goalie. So we said, Caesar, you coach. So, so Caesar started coaching. And about six minutes, seven minutes into the game, we hear this ruckus at the far corner of the ice because our address was about 20 feet off the ice in a, in a corner. And here he is banging on the, on the, on the glass. So that when the play was stopped, they let him out on the ice and he came over, walked across the ice on the bench, screaming, yelling, told the trainer he was fired for locking him in. We, we didn't lock him in. The policeman locked him in. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, my God. Hey, so so did, did Glenn melt down a lot or not really when oh, Simon yeah. coached Glenn, you? Glenn, Glenn would, uh, oh, yeah, he had more than a few times, you know. I melted down, he melted down. The the worst one I had, again, was in Pittsburgh because I was general manager. We were getting beat there. and mm-hmm. It was in the two piers. We were got off. I couldn't take it anymore. So I ran downstairs into the bowels of the of the building, and I, I ran in, and I just was going to give it, and I ran into the locker room, and I stood in front of her, just ready to start screaming, and Paul Harrison says, uh, Paul Harrison was a goaltender, and I had traded him in the summer to Pittsburgh, and he looks up, he's Louie, are you going to give us a lecture now? <laughs> I was in the Pittsburgh locker room. Oh, oh, oh you're going to the wrong locker room. Oh, did, you, did you navigate your way for the, for the lecture? I got to tell you, I couldn't talk. I was laughing to myself so hard. I went back out, and I went back upstairs. Hey, I wouldn't have been able to talk. Hey, Lou, th- the worst I, I saw was in, in the press box at the Met one day. Uh, it was the Blues and the Stars. Oh, Ron Caron. Ron Caron was the Blues GM, and I swear to God, I thought the press box table was going to collapse. The he was pounding on that thing, and whenever there there was a mistake, he would he would take his fist and just hammer the table the entire game. I thought, how is this man n- not stroking out at some point in time? Well, they used to say, you don't want to be in the game when it's Ron Crow and Lou Nanny because they both go nuts, <laughs> and that's what happened. He was like that a lot. I was like that a lot. He. Uh, uh, he'd get red like Jack Gordon. He looked like he had gas after, you know, when when you get upset. And boy, oh boy, you're right. You wonder sometimes how you don't have a stroke. But uh, he was he was nuts. I was nuts. Ferguson was nuts. You know, <laughs> that's good self awareness. <laughs> one game, one game in Winnipeg. It was right after Christmas, December 26th. We scored a goal, and and the goal goal judge had put the light on. And I'd already been down. The referee in chief uh, was up in, in the press box, and I'd been down to complain about some non-calls. And Fergie'd been down to complain about some non-calls. And it was just like a highway behind in the press box. I was running back and forth. And then after and after the non the non goal, I'm running down, and, and Fergie's coming back. And I stopped. I said, "I'll give you a first round pick for that goal, Judge." <laughs> <laughs> Lou, um, last night uh, we we already talked a little bit about the Wild beating the Blackhawks. Where where do you think the Blackhawks are in their uh, in their winning cycle here as a franchise? I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same names, and you got Patrick Kane in his prime, twenty nine years old still. But where do you think they're at right now uh, in their winning cycle? 
Well, I picked them not to make the playoffs this year, so I think that's just right on where it's at. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this, that I, I talked on the phone with uh, one fellow in the organization on Monday, and I'm not going to say who it is, but we were just talking about their team, and uh, he said the same thing. I said, you know, you guys really miss Yarmolson. And he said, yeah, can you imagine Yarmolson for, for Murphy? Murphy's a five at best six defensemen, and Yarmolson's in, you know, in your top three. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference. If you look at their defense, it's not as good. Their forwards, of course, you know, when you're winning so much, you got to, the, the cap gets you pretty soon. And you miss guys like Hosa. You miss guys that you've had, like, uh, you've had in those lines up there. And, and, uh, you you just don't have the depth you've had. Plus, they got to knee them off out. I I just don't think they're anywhere near the team. And, and when you start getting to twenty nine thirty, you're past your prime. You're not in your prime. You know your prime's really twenty four to twenty seven. Yeah. And so they're they're on the downside right now. And and uh, I I know that they can make the playoffs because, because Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith could maybe and Taves carry you on their back and maybe get you that far. But they're going to need consistent, good goaltending to go along with that because they are going to—they'll have moments when they're explosive because they do have that kind of talent up front in a couple of guys. But at the same time, they're not going to be able to do it every night. And those guys—and if they don't do it, then you—you know—you're really—you're really battling. And, and I really—I don't think that they can make it this year. I'd be surprised if they do. Hey, Luke, Keith looks slow though. Well, doesn't look the same. Yeah, he still moves. He still moves the puck pretty well. But their their overall team, I, I you know, Judd, I think that they've they've hit their crest and now they're on the downside. And and uh, you're gonna have nights like they had against Ottawa when they they get eight or whatever. But uh, you're gonna have a lot of nights when when they've they've been beaten right in their own rink by teams that they shouldn't have been beaten yeah. by this year that are lower in the standings. What needs to happen for our Gopher Athletic Department to just have like a clean five-year run with no scandals? Boy, I, I sure like to know because they put it in place. If I had anything to do with it, but it, it, it's mind-boggling. It's amazing. But uh, you know, we could say at this time this didn't happen. Like none of this has happened since Mark Coyle's got here. These sure. have been stuff before, and, and and because you have five years, I think it's five years to make the charges so you're still susceptible to things that happened in the past and and we may have at the youth turned a corner and got to a point now where this is not going to happen but you're still suffering from the fact that their charges could be made uh previous to this administration mm-hmm. lou how, how tough does it get to be though eventually especially when when things multiply to go to boosters and keep saying, hey, you know, we're on the right track here. You know, we're trying to build this and that. And at some point in time, I would guess that the pushback gets to be, okay, that's fantastic, but enough with the embarrassments. Is, is that the is that how things play out? Yeah, that is how things play out to a certain extent. But I, I do believe that uh, people have realized that, uh, you know, there have been changes, and, and we do believe, strongly believe that this thing is going to come to an end and all, all we're hopeful now is that they're not charges from the past that keep keep popping their heads up and, and things that have been done we hope that nothing else was done you know that, that we don't know about and I, and I say we I'm a spectator I'm not involved in the thing but but I certainly have uh, 
the interest of the U at heart, and I, I want to see them get through without any more of these embarrassing situations. Yeah. What are your? Uh, how well do you know Mark Coyle, and what are what do you what do you hear about him behind the scenes these last couple of years, and what are your what are your general impressions of him? Well, I know Mark very well, and I I am very very excited about the fact that he's willing to make tough decisions, and and uh, you know you're always going to have media questioning how press conferences handled in, in in situations like we just had because everybody wants more than he can give <clears throat> as far as answers. But I really believe that this guy uh, is, is a winner. He's, he's, he's got the right ideas about what has to be done. He's not afraid to implement them. He's not afraid to make decisions that, uh, you know, in the past I don't think maybe were made as easily. And I really believe that the university is very fortunate to have him, that you're going to see nothing but an upside. But, you know, just like I think all the things have aligned for the Vikings this year to go to the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. I think everything's gone wrong with the basketball team. They could have been going to the Final Four. You know, I mean, you get Eric Curry's injury before the season starts. He had coffee with an injury, then you, you know, can't believe. Then you get the situation with Lynch. It's just amazing. It's almost like there's a black cloud over over there for some of the situations that happen after there's so much optimism that exists. And so I'm hopeful that that comes to an end. It's weird, though, though, because it seems to always come back to that fact. I mean, there always seems to be something when, when optimism starts to grow or things start to turn. It always seems like there's something there's an incident or an embarrassment or something. And it just seems, especially football, basketball wise, it seems to happen at every turn. I agree with you. But I do think, Judd, that and I really believe this, that, that the accountability has changed and, and uh, the athletes there realize it. And I'm I'm strongly believing that going forward we're not going to see these kind of situations, and certainly not as much as we've seen in the past, because I I do believe that the people that are there now are holding uh, athletes accountable. Athletes realize uh, the situation, and they won't put up with anything. So I'm I'm you know maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe it's just. Irrational enthusiasm, but I do believe that uh, we're going to have better times ahead. Yeah. All right, Lou. Okay, guys. Nice Thank you, Louie. Good stuff. Thank you. Talk Take to you care. later. All right, bye bye. Lou Nanny every Thursday at ten o'clock. Um, yeah, that's the the timeline thing is going to be. You have to hang your hat on that. If you're Mark Coyle and Richard Petini, you say, "All right, yeah, these are popping up now, but." Hey, we've fixed this behavior. This is just stuff that happened before Mark Coyle got here, and it's still, it's still hanging over us. I would have li- liked to see uh, certainly the presser handled in a different way, Phil. But I don't get the impression, other than a few things here and there from uh, from fans, I don't get the impression that Jobs are in trouble here. Do you? I really don't. No, I I think if Patino's not the coach anymore in a year or two, I think it's him leaving on his own, and Mark Coyle will always be able to say. Hey, maybe I, yeah, maybe I'm not very, I mean, we both have hammered him rightfully so for just his demeanor on camera and his like burying of the lead and those things. He's got to get better at those things. He's not good at that. Uh, But these transgressions happened before he took office. Right. And that does matter if you're, if you're talking about him being on a hot seat, he's going to wait a second. Hold on. We've fixed, we've put processes in place to fix these behaviors 
you can't punish me for something that happened before I got here. So, right. uh, Mackie and Judd, later on, we're going to talk to Matthew Collar from Winter Park and uh, get an inside update on Vikings and their preparation for the Saints. That's around 12-15. Mackie and Judd now continue. Now back to more sports than you can handle. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Toy Loop has a man breaking, got it on to Suter. Score! Ryan Suter, a four-on-four goal, and the power play for the Wild is still ahead. Uh, Eric Stahl is an all-star. That news came out yesterday. So 33 wild, years old. Yes, he is. Wild. Uh, does every NHL team have to have an all-star? It's not like baseball, right? Yes. Is no. It, is e- it like baseball? Every team has one, and, yeah. and it's a three-on-three tournament now, which mm-hmm. is uh, divided into each division. So there's four. So each division has, I believe, 11 players on the roster, and each team has to have a player, which, by the way, has always driven me absolutely crazy. That's the silliest thing of all time. You know, if you stink, you stink. You don't have an, an all-star. You don't yeah. have to have this whole thing of, well, everybody has to be represented is ridiculous. There was a year where the Kansas City Royals had Mark Redman, that former Twins pitcher. Mm-hmm. Mark Redman was their all-star. I remember that. I believe he finished that season with an ERA near six. Yeah. And he wasn't good at the all-star break either, but, you know, Major League Baseball is looking at the Royals, a 100-loss team that year, and looking up and down the roster, and it's like, uh... But do the Arizona Coyotes really need to have an all-star? Yeah, probably not. You could probably just say, "Hey, probably let's not. take somebody else from from that division who's good, who's who's on a good team, and let's put them in the All Star game and leave the Coyotes out for this year." Yeah. Uh, by the way, in case there was any doubt about who the smartest hockey commentator on this show is, Mackie and Judd poll the judges have spoken. Who won the wild argument between Mackie and Judd at the beginning of the show? Sixty-five percent say we all lost. So that's really the verdict. I really agree with those people. By the 22% way, twenty-two percent say Phil. Uh huh. That's right. Uh huh. Ten percent say Judd. Yep. Three percent say Draw. Yep. It's a landslide. Oh yeah, no, you won. Yeah, the no question about it. The fans of the show you, do care about hockey analytics. You, Greenlay. Lapanta, all you guys, you you've won a long time ago. You a- mock as uh, hockey as analytics. He said, "I don't mock them. You only mock them when I use them, but not when Collar uses the same ones." Because Collar applies them in in a correct way. Some oh, okay. sometimes you, because you really don't watch games, just tend to apply them as the statistics instead of saying, "I'm going to take the eye test and combine them with the analytics." I watch games. That's, I watch Wolves games, Gophers games, I know Vikings you watch games, games, Twins you don't games, watch and some games. wild games. You don't watch wild, some games. wild games. You come to grand conclusions on on. Hockey, and then bring them to the show and debate me to drive me crazy. I just find it which funny. Dave does too, by the way. I so. find it, two things here. I find it. I just find it funny. Well, let me just because people are. I think people are wondering. Well, what what puck possession? It's about scoring goals. Uh, if you go back the last five years and rank NHL teams puck possession, just rank teams a five year sample of puck possession. The top teams in the league are the Kings, Blackhawks, and Bruins, and a couple behind, like fringe top five are the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Those are the teams, the only teams that have won Stanley Cups the mm-hmm. last decade. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty predictive. It's not the, the be-all, end-all, but it's pretty predictive over the long haul. Mm-hmm. Teams that possess the puck mm-hmm. are going to be better. Uh, so it does matter. And I just think it's kind of funny that last night, if your expectation was the Wild should out-possess Chicago, even though Chicago is number 2 in the league and the Wild number 30 in puck possession, I thought the expectation should have been, you know what, they're probably going to run circles around you even though they're not the same Blackhawks. And if you can still eke out a win despite that, 
Bravo, success. And that's what happened. It was In general, I agree with your wild opinions was, this year, but I, my, I, did, I didn't last night. My expectation was not that last night your puck possession would beat theirs. My expectation was in the first period the puck would be on your stick once in a while, and it wasn't. Okay. And then the last two periods, it, it was. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you what happened last night. Yeah, they won, right? I watched the entire game, and I'm telling you what happened last night. First period was abysmal. Coach chews them out. Players, once again... This is why this is why the wild is the furious rallies because they need to, to either have a boot in their ass or they need to be down by two goals before they start to take things seriously. And that's great. That's awesome. Uh, it's commendable that you enjoy hockey, but the listeners have spoken. The hockey whisperers, hockey whisperers. He knows hockey better than John Corsi, Fenwick. Puck possession, shots on goal, attempted shots, hits, shots of fireball, <laughs> attempted shots of fireball. I don't really like fireball. You don't like fireball? Burns my throat. <laughs> oh, and a fireball and a gopher tailgate. Are you you should show up at a, a gopher football tailgate. Yeah, Nadine, I also don't like gopher tailgates. Nadine oh, Babu actually has IVs of fireball. Oh, you can yeah. just you can just hook up to one before a Badgers gopher's That's, game. And that you're actually good. sounds much better than drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> It's Just pretty good. Put it right into your veins. There's nothing yes. like a cold tailgate. You break out the fireball. The soups yeah. are going. Oh, that's great. So what was it? Last night was a Wednesday. Uh, Babu came over to uh, watch the Gopher basketball game on one of the screens. I wasn't going to devote the only screen to Gopher basketball last night. We had the Wolves on another screen and the Wild on the third. She said, "Let's make a bet." They, they had the, the before the Gopher game started. Rutgers was about to beat Michigan State, and then the game swung mm-hmm. overtime. Mm-hmm. And she's let's bet uh, fireball shots on this game. And I'm like, it's Wednesday night, and you're like, you're still go for tailgating at home on a Wednesday night with fireball shots. <laughs> Calm down. Some people have to get, uh, get up early in the morning. Some people don't. <laughs> wow! Look at you taking shots. Uh, let's just. Oh my god! Let's let's just say that when <laughs> when when she comes to our, our house to hang with Dawn, that I uh, I do not get involved in the festivities at all because I can't run with that stuff at all. But you don't get involved in any social festivities ever. That's not true. Unless it's at Brits by yourself watching oh, NHL no, on the fly. No, 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 no. That's not true at all. I get involved. In, Bunnies too. On on Friday or Saturdays, I definitely do. Okay. Now you're confusing me and Judd. Yeah, I get involved in social festivities. Now, now what I don't do is I don't drink at home with the gals because that's too much. And plus, that's stuff like fireball and wine. You don't want to get involved well, in wine. I don't you can't just wine. grab a couple beers and hang out? You, know, you don't have to be peer pressured into a box of wine. I know, but they got the wine going, and then they watch. Oh, and then they watch terrible TV. That's the other thing. It's like, <laughs> like if she could, to NHL on the fly. NHL on the Fly is a great show. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's not like it's not like you don't have a. It's not like you have a wide selection of great television you enjoy. No, it's not. But if if it's the gals in front of the TV, it's usually uh, the the ID channel. Or some type of reality show. Okay, the ID channel is great. It solves mysteries. Oh, it's... It's documentaries. It's on constantly at my house. I actually enjoy the ID channel. There's some of those channels, the uh, Armed Forces Network okay. or whatever that is, where they tell like World War II stories. The ID, channel, so. the ID channel scares me, and here's why. It is a playbook for, for basically, if you don't, if you turn on your husband at some point in time and would like to kill him, here's how. Like turn on meaning... 
Like, not like what I'm turn on your husband. No, no, like no, 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 not turn on, on sexually. I'm saying if oh. you want to turn on your husband and kill him, the ID channel is a play. Basically, what they do every day is they give you five ideas, five new ideas, how to kill your husband. Maybe you should watch so you'd be ready. I have watched, and I am prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep on your back, and if you can keep an eye open at all costs, do it. Because you could be in bed. Judd went upstairs thinking it was going to be an ordinary night, but this was anything but an ordinary night. When we come back, Judd's going to be dead. <laughs> that is the ID channel. Don't, don't, don't dismiss that, Phil Mackey. Don't dismiss that. You Just make you, sure that she doesn't take out an insurance policy. Oh, know. that happens all the time. <laughs> and then Ted, her boyfriend, came by the house to really make sure Judd was dead. All of this and more on Unsolved Mystery. That's like your guy, Robert Stack. Dude, he is one creepy... He's dead Bleep, now. Bleeper. He can't come get you now. Don't wow. worry about Robert Stack. Are you sure he's dead? <laughs> you think it was made up. Dave, what's coming up next in Stuff You Should Know About? Uh, we are going to dive deeper into the love life of Aaron Rodgers. There's more details on that, boys. Oh, yeah. Or are there? And uh, <laughs> Aaron thought it was an ordinary Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the other tease? No, that was it. That was the tease. Uh, that's good enough. Okay. Let's talk about TCL TVs here for a moment. Uh, actually, one of the cool things about the TCL TV with that built-in Roku device, uh, if you want to watch Unsolved Mysteries, you can watch it through the Amazon platform, which you get through the Roku that's built into the TV. So basically, the only place to watch Unsolved Mysteries is a TCL TV. If you have a built-in Roku device, uh, you get access. There's like, I want to say seven or eight seasons, and I may or may not have been binging them the last couple weekends and then clutching the covers for dear life as I go to bed and every sound makes me nervous. So if you're if you're looking for a major upgrade to your entertainment system, these TCL TVs have 4K picture quality, built-in Roku devices like we've been talking about, and access to thousands and thousands of streaming channels and 450,000 plus TV show episodes and movies. Stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities to uh, get a sampling of a TCL TV or go to TCLUSA.com. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Finally. Finally. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about sponsored by the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer. Ready for a bad cold and flu season? A cold is a cold, but flu brings fever. Be prepared with the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer backed by medical professionals everywhere. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. Dave Harrigan, you've got the stuff (laughs) that we should know about. Not Mackie and Judd. Let's dive into it. Us Weekly, People Magazine style. Let's go. TMZ style. Oh, but it's not TMZ. It's Therese Owens. Uh... The reports continue. Last week, we learned that sources spotted Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick dinner together somewhere in the Green Bay area at one of Aaron's favorite restaurants. Well, here we go. Rodgers, 34, flew to Indianapolis to meet Danica Patrick's 
parents, according to Therese well, Owens. The insider, the source, also reporting Rogers flew Danica and her folks from Indianapolis to Scottsdale. Hmm. Is that like where Rogers the secondary home or maybe he just How wanted quick- to send him to Scottsdale. I don't I don't How- get I don't get that. How deep. quickly are we moving here? Aaron? Apparently very like quickly. She just broke she was with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for like 5 years. Quite a while. And they just broke up. And he was just with a soccer player yeah. a couple weeks ago, I feel like. And she's also looking for a new ride and has a book out. So this has no relation to that at uh, all. She doesn't want to be in the news. Oh, and Aaron's, Doesn't want to be and, in the news. And Okay, now it all makes sense. She's okay. retiring yeah. but wants two more races. So but it what, just what, happens to be So that. what must it be like if you're an Aaron Rodgers type and, uh, and a, a fetching young woman like, well, a fetching woman like Danica Patrick. She's 35. She's still Okay, young. youngish woman. Still she's young. getting up there. Reaches wow. out and says, listen, young she's, getting, she's, she's getting are. up there in years. She's older than me. I don't yeah, no, no, she's getting old. And she goes, all right, listen, I'm not looking for anything long-term here. I just want a little short-term deal. You know, let's let's have some fun for like three, four months. My book's coming out. I want to be in the news. I'm single. You're single. Let's have a good time. No strings attached for three months. Okay. That's probably what happened, right? What's the parents thing then? Like, well, you got to make it look like it's why a are legit. Being met. I mean, no, you, gotta, you don't need to do that, do you? But you know what? A source told them, so maybe it didn't even happen. All Who right. knows? But we're going with it. That sounds good. <laughs> the NFL's London schedule for 2018 is out, boys. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, how many Browns games? How many Jaguars games? One Jags, no Browns. We are sparing the people of London. Oh, I think I know one team that's going. Uh, yeah, you probably do. You've seen Seattle Seahawks perhaps in the news the last couple right. of days. Mm-hmm. A West Coast team going all the way to foggy London town. They'll be taking on another West Coast team on the 14th of October. That would be the Raiders, wow. still mm-hmm. of Oakland. Mm-hmm. The weeks after that, either the 21st or 28th, there will be a games each of those weeks. Haven't decided which one is which yet, but it will be Philly and Jacksonville and the Tennessee Titans against the Los Angeles Chargers. No Vikings this year, unfortunately. It's amazing. We love to... Well, we're never going to feed them Steelers Patriots. We're always going to feed them the Titans and the Jaguars and, like, the Browns. They love the Jaguars, don't they? The Raiders and Seahawks is actually... If you ranked all of the London matchups in terms of like intrigue of the franchise, they're sending John Gruden and Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll out there. That's a that's a pretty that's a premium matchup. Now, are, are we uh, continuing to go down the path of early kickoffs as well, or are we going to abandon that after a couple of years? Of I what, have not seen here? kickoff times yet. All right. but I thought I heard they were getting rid of that. Well, there's only Maybe there's not. really only two options. It would be eight thirty or noon because that would be you know mid afternoon or right. seven o'clock. London time. Let's be honest, though. The 8.30 hour time kickoff, outstanding for the Vikings this year. That was the oh, best game it. time of all season. I'm with you. I it loved was. it. There was some early drama. Woo! Early drinking. For a minute. Yeah. Speaking of Jacksonville, let's talk about Blake Bortles. A couple days ago, Chris Sims called in, uh, was doing a hit with uh, Levitard show, and he said that Blake Bortles is, and he was not being facetious here, the 70th best quarterback in the NFL. He ranked him number 70. Wow. Uh, Tony Baselli, former Jaguar, still close with the team, called to defend his guy. 
Well, first of all, listen, I appreciate it. Chris Sims almost died bleeding to death on the on the football field, which is the only cool factor that he has in his entire life, outside of his dad's <laughs> great, too. Um, and for him to say that Blake Bortles is the 70th best quarterback is just the most ignorant, asinine statement I've ever heard. Now, they went back and forth. It? And it was it was entertaining. Sim say, you're just a lineman. I know quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. But then there was yesterday Blake Bortles being asked, well, I mean, come on. People just can't stop ripping you. you know, why does everyone hate you? Why does everyone think you suck, Blake? Yeah, it'll probably never stop. And there's people that think LeBron James sucks. So if that happens, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that always think I suck. Appreciate it. And that was the press I mean, conference. He's got a good point. If people think the greatest basketball player of all time sucks, then the they would think that the 70th best quarterback sucks. Too. Is he does really suck? He's really that bad. He is bad. He's truly that bad. He uh, is. Yeah, we could almost play this game. I have a list of all 94 people who threw a pass, including punters and skill position players in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go like further down the list and just just for fun, uh, I'll give you guys like five of these. Blake Bortles or Brian Hoyer? Brian Hoyer's showing Brian Hoyer. I'm going to take Brian Hoyer, veteran savvy. I think I'd probably take Brian Hoyer too. If you put him in a put him in a good situation. Uh huh. Uh, Blake Bortles or Mike Glennon? Glennon. Oh, Mike Glennon's got that upside of that big contract still unfulfilled promise. Blake Bortles just stinks. How about Blake Bortles or Paxton Lynch? Paxton Lynch, unfulfilled potential. This might be something there. <laughs> I might say Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake, let's do a couple more. Blake Bortles or Geno Smith? Geno. Oh, I'll Gino. Take, I'll take Blake Bortles. Yeah, I'll take Geno. I've seen enough Geno. How about Blake Bortles or Scott Tolzien? Oh, Blake Bortles. Bortles? Don't do that to me. Yeah, don't do <laughs> no. That's where we're drawing the line. I disagree. Yeah. Scott Tolzien Mike, is the line. Mike McCarthy has worked with Scott Tolzien, oh. and I know that a quarterback who works with Mike McCarthy... That's the one to bank. Yeah, listen, we put several years. I'm taking Blake Bortles <laughs> over Scotty, Scotty Tulsi. Uh, Tuesday Dumpster night, fire. the uh, Carolina Hurricanes were at home hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning, and there was a goal scored. Here's the Hurricanes back in the power play, and they score. Justin Falk with a wicked wrist shot. A wicked wrist from Justin Falk was the third goal of the game for the Carolina Hurricanes. You guys obviously familiar with a hat trick. Are you aware of the fat trick. No. Never heard of a fat trick? I've never heard of a fat trick. I've heard of a fat trick, but not in hockey. But there was one scored, and that was the goal that did it. Because Justin Falk's goal triggered not one, not two, but three different promotions that the Carolina Hurricanes have. Number one, anytime Falk scores, you stop by a Moe's Southwest Grill in the area, get a free bowl of queso with your meal. Love it. Nailed that one. Mm-hmm. Number two, anytime this Canes get three goals in a game, 50% off your Papa John's pizza the next day. Uh-huh. Nailed it. And number three, Bojangles, famous chicken and biscuits. Anytime the Canes score a power play goal, goal, which that was their first power play goal of the night, all you have to do the next morning, stop by, say, I'm a Caniac and it's bow time. And you get your free Bowberry Bojangles biscuit. Wow. The, the fat trick is when you know it's time to move your team. Because when you have to run that many promotions off something like this, you need to move. Move them to Seattle. Let's not expand. Let's get them out of Carolina. The fat trick. In other words, move!
Uh, it's like a minor league baseball team yes. or something. Hey, everybody. That's exactly what it Walk is. Walk into Bojangles. Uh, what was that place called? Yeah, Bojangles Chicken Bojangles and Biscuits. Chicken and, biscuits and say, whoop, 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 I want some chicken. I'm a caniac. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a caniac, a Coyotiac, or a Panthers act, your team should be moving. Uh, a Panthers act. Get them the oh, hell out great. of those cities. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Do you want one more or are you done? Let's do one more. All right. Uh, well, let's stay in Carolina. Fill in the blank. North Turner, North Turner combining with Cam Newton will be blank. Uh, well, it'll mean if Cam Newton wasn't getting his bell rung enough just running outside the pocket, dropping back seven steps with Matt Khalil as his left tackle every <laughs> yeah. single time, good luck. Not Matt Khalil. Speed Bunk McGee. Speed, Speed Bunk, Bunk McGee. McGee. It, yeah. will, it will be a train wreck. That's I'm original, gonna hyph- real original. I'm going to hyphenate it. It's going to be a train Maybe wreck. dumpster fire? Try it's that gonna one be, on for it, size? It's going, it's Hot not, garbage? So it's going to be Norv Turner. Norv Turner's kid is going to be Cam's position coach. Cam's assistant position coach is Ron Turner's son, who's Norv's brother. And Ron Turner is a consultant. The Turners are have all gone to Carolina and basically told Rivera... We all have jobs now. We're taking o- over. I don't Just get this Ted whole Turner thing. Just need to buy the team, and they'll be good I to go. I don't get this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, good luck to good luck to everybody in that uh, Carolina offensive meeting room. Makes no sense. Uh, so many Vikings things to get to here. We can. I actually, I have a question for you when we come back regarding Mike Zimmer's ranking among all the other NFL head coaches. I'm going to put it to the test with a question next, Mackie. All right. Phil Mackey. This guy is absolutely elite. It's kind of like you're looking at your brother. I didn't know who had more energy. Judd Zolgad. I even hesitate to disagree with him because he's so knowledgeable and he knows way more than I ever will. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. At the end of the day, it still comes down to football, the things we've done during the season offensively with the quarterback taking care of the ball, throwing it to the right spot, getting us in the right checks, so on and so forth. Um are more important probably than playoff experience. That's uh, Michael Zimmer. He coaches football for the Vikings. He's very good at what he does, that coaching football thing. Uh, Bill Belichick, there's all kinds of rumors that Bill Belichick wants out of New England or that he might be setting it up where his coordinators get head coaching jobs. He's traded his backup quarterbacks, and and he winds up leaving the cupboards bare in in New England. Just for fun, two-part question. If Bill Belichick became available... A, how many of the other 31 teams would, or well, not 31, of the teams that have coaches intact right now, like coaches in place, Yeah. how many of the other teams in the NFL would fire their current coach to hire Bill Belichick, and would the Vikings be one of them? If Bill Belichick, I love Mike Zimmer, by the way, but if Bill Belichick hit the market and he said, I want to coach the Minnesota Vikings, Yeah. but you Obviously, got to fire Mike Zimmer unless he wants to be my defensive coordinator. Yeah, two part question. I'll I'll start. I'll go backwards here. One, I don't think the Vikings would do it. I don't. Well, think, I don't I, care about that. I don't think that. I don't think they, they would either. I want to know what Judd Zolgad. Oh, I, no, thinks. I wouldn't do it. Bill Belichick, sixty five. Well, Mike Zimmer, sixty one. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, I would not. If I'm if I have a successful program established. I would not fire my coach uh, t- to take on a 65-year-old head coach. Well, your coach is 60, 61. No, you're asking what I would do. I said no. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't I just do question it. age is the main reason why you would... Why age you would. is... Yes, I would not hire a guy who is who is 65, 
who's going to come in and want complete control. As good as he's been, I'm not going to blow well, out. Why would, why would you working. hesitate to give complete well, wait, control? Wait, you, of ask what I, you ask what I I'm thought. I'm poking holes you in your No, you're not. Reasons. They've got a system set up. Oh, we that can't is give Bill Belichick wor- full control. Working. He's 65. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> You ask for my for what I would do on both sides. I don't think the team would do it. And if I ran the team, I would not fire. I, I would not blow out because it wouldn't be just Zimmer. You'd have to blow out all his assistants for the most part. Spielman would be gone. You wanted him fired is, six months ago. But what I'm saying is you would have to change your entire structure of something that just worked. So the, my, my answer is no, I would not do that to hire a 65-year-old head coach, no matter how good he might be. I'm not going to blow out my entire, basically, organization to do that. I would. Dave, would you? No. Okay. Now, who would? I'll take Belichick. Uh, you, I'm not saying it would be a horrible thing, but you'd probably well, find out. it if wouldn't you'd, be. You'd probably find out who's been propping up who the most, Brady or Belichick. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, but Bill Belichick has won games with, he won 11 games with Matt Castle as a, head, as a starting quarterback. <laughs> So you would do it? Oh, for sure. Yes. So you would fire... You but, I, but I think you Mike Zimmer is one of the best five coaches in the NFL, which means I think almost every team would, would jump at that chance. If he wants to coach for another three to five years, and you have a roster intact, mm-hmm. he'll win you a Super Bowl. And it, Hopefully Mike it, Zimmer does, does too. It does not bug you that, that he is... He is... 65. It doesn't... It doesn't... Wouldn't bother he's you. He's not dead. You no. blow him... You would blow out your him for twenty regime, years, despite the fact he's 65. Uh, no, I mean, I, if I'm talking a three to five year window, mm-hmm. I don't want, I'm not saying Bill Belichick for 20 years, like he well, just, obviously not with since the Patriots. He be I just think it's funny old. that like you're, you, well, I don't, we can't blow out Rick Spielman. Well, wait a second. No, Everybody was going to blow, blow out Rick Spielman out, six months you ago. You would have to blow out. I would not with the starting point being Zimmer. I would not blow out my current head coach in a system that's working for a guy who is 65. 